Hi there, Glocal Citizens. Welcome back to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around manifesting a new world. I'm your host, Florence Adu, and we're back this week with part two of my conversation with Femi Taiwo. Femi is currently the executive director of Leap Africa, Nigeria's foremost youth leadership development organization. Prior to his position at Leap, Femi was the founding executive director of Eagles Hope Foundation, a nonprofit initiated by the Covenant University Alumni Association, where he led the organization to create and execute award-winning youth programs. Internationally, he has worked with GlaxoSmithKline Pharmaceuticals and at a social research consultancy both in the United Kingdom. He has extensive skills in program design and management, learning and development design and delivery, business development strategy, organizational development, stakeholder management, and innovation management, with a personal mission of facilitating the transformation of individuals, organizations, and nations. He is extremely passionate about leadership and enterprise development, youth development, and youth-led development, which I think shines through immensely in our conversation. We're picking up this conversation with a little bit more why the where. How did Femi come to be living, working, and playing in Lagos? I actually forgot to mention about, you know, you were asking when did I come to really settle back in Lagos? So I I went for a master's in UK, then started working in in the UK. And... Uh I was even just about moving jobs. And so I, I had all the visas settled and everything. I was there already and, you know, about moving to a better job and all. But one thing I constantly did was I was always excited about learning what was going on back home. So I was constantly mm. reading the dailies, you know, spending my Twitter location was back in Lagos still, you know, just trying to keep mm-hmm. abreast of what was going on and all of that. And that was the time when the, the girls were kidnapped, the cheaper mm. girls. So yeah. I, I don't know if people can remember correctly, but within two weeks in Nigeria, quite a number of things happened. The girls were kidnapped. There was one horror place found on the Lagos Ibadu Expressway, which was known for a site for ritual killing, you know, and it was, so a lot of terrible things were happening and it was really a depressing Mm -hmm. time. And then I literally went to work that day, the day after the girls were taken. I didn't plan to quit my job, but I quitted my job. Like I literally was like, I I can't be in London. No, no, I can't do this. I, I literally was like, no, 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 no. It was just too much. I was like, I have to be back home and one way or the other be part of the solutions. That was wow. actually, that was what happened. So I remember my, my, my boss was saying that, okay, this is quite abrupt, you know, this and that and that and that. And then they left my job open for me for six months. Now, you know what? Go back to Nigeria. <laughs> but your job is open for you for six months. And even within that sure. six months, they opened it up for another six months. Right. They really and wanted you. They, yeah. They were like, if you, if you, if that adventure doesn't work, because that was actually abrupt, you know, and, and so that was actually what, and I, and I came back without a plan. I didn't have a plan. And immediately I came in. I remember that if I, before I came in, I had two weeks before I came in, I took my savings in the UK and then paid for another course. So I did an executive course, a short course before coming. So I literally exhausted my money. I came to Nigeria. I have this, I have a good, a good network. So one of my friends, I remember I gave me his ATM card, said for me, you know what? When you figure it, just keep spending, charge all your expenses to this card, Right. And then when you yeah. figure it out, whatever, if you want to give me back anything, give me back anything. So I was, oh, in, wow. yeah. So I, I remember within the first three weeks, I started volunteering. So I went back to some of the places that I had supported. I started volunteering, helping them with their strategy plans, helping them with some impact assessments and all of that. Then ultimately got a role later. 
And then, but that was how I came back and I was like, you know what, I'm coming back to be part of the solution. So that's been the journey for like the last six, seven, you know, eight years now, because that was 2012, mm-hmm. 2012, 2013. Yeah. Well, it's almost 10 years. That was, that was 2013, 20, 2014. Apologies. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that wow. was, our yeah. <laughs> that was a bold, a bold statement. Good for you. I think also to be where you are, you had to been risk averse. And I think that's something that is key for leadership is this idea of, you know, we're going to just do it, diving right in and, mm-hmm. and putting yourself out there. Oftentimes, and I think this is a lot, again, going back to the culture and and the vestiges of the institutions that have been kind of the the gatekeepers for African youth is that the idea of risk is something that is is foreign. So we don't necessarily cultivate that in, in young people. So I'm really happy to see that you've done it and you're an example of it for the young people that you that you interact with. So let me ask you a little bit more on the the business side in terms of how you reach and maintain and have grown leap in your time at the organization. And so thinking about how young people and what they typically use to interact with each other. So we have we have this class thing, right? So we have young people who have devices mm-hmm. and young people who don't have devices and young people who, like you mentioned, are exposed and those who are not. So in terms of getting your story out and getting young people to know about what it is that you do, how does social media play into that and how will it play into your growth strategy moving forward? Yeah, I think that's not something we've done extraordinarily well because there are a lot of mm. opportunities of what we what we can do and we're constantly interacting with how we can maximize those possibilities. Mm-hmm. So we definitely reach young people in, in different ways. Like you said, I like the way you started to say there are different kinds of youth in different places who don't have access you know, um, to some of their information or knowledge that, that's accessible. One of the things that has worked for us is embracing multiple channels very early to reach young people. If you use Facebook, there are some kinds of YouTube you reach. If you use Twitter, there are some kind of people you reach compared to Instagram, compared to WhatsApp and Telegram, and even more recently, Snapchat and the, and the rest. Um, so for us, the traditional or the first, the, the most popular social media platforms have, have been quite useful in helping us to reach young people online. Um, so Facebook had these days for us, but now we're finding that we have to, we, we're doing much more outside of Facebook. Um, on Instagram, then which we also, we, we understand the importance of keeping your own communities. So one thing you'll find is that we have too many types of WhatsApp groups and Telegram channels for different kinds of things and different kinds of efforts. Yeah. And one of the things we also try to do is get the key contacts of some channels because there are some really powerful mm-hmm. channels. And if you can, you know, put your information there, it will really go around, to, you know, across the right people. Right. Then offline, offline is quite an important strategy for us. We still have to recognize those who have who, who curate these communities and have access to, to offline communities. And so it could be student unions, student groups, it could be um, grassroots organizations, you know, and, and clusters. And so for us, we, we basically recognize that a successful campaign is both a mix of online and offline, you know, sure. exploring sure. multiple channels um, to reach young people. So that, that's one thing that has worked for us. We are finding more and more that, I mean, obviously, we all know about the mobile penetration in Nigeria and across Africa. Um, so for our e-learning, for instance, we when we're trying to do virtual community practice or run virtual programs, we recognize that we have to have a mix of low-tech, 
no tech and high tech. Exactly. Right. So while we have the LMS, the learning management systems on Moodle or Thinkific and all of that, we still have to download videos and use send directly on WhatsApp. So case in point, we have those projects we've been running for three years in five African countries. And we've learned a lot because we have close to um, a thousand. This, these are not even relatively young people. These are teachers that are responsible for young people. So we have mm-hmm. close to a thousand teachers that we are trained physically in those countries. And then we were supporting, you know, and, and coaching, you know, virtually um, um, after the, the in-person training. And so we, for some countries, WhatsApp was a good one, was a good channel. For some countries, Telegram was a better channel. I mean, we, Ethiopia mm-hmm. was one of those countries. WhatsApp, they literally preferred using Telegram, right, um, versus WhatsApp. And we find, obviously, internet is relatively expensive depending on the country you are in and depending on many of the times we're working with low-income beneficiaries. And internet is quite pricey for them. It's it's, Mm -hmm. They will prioritize their food and their transportation versus data. Mm -hmm. And so in many instances, we have to provide data stipends and um, for them to even access. I mean, here we have have quality resources and materials they can access and all these amazing recordings and, and, and animations and all these things they can use. But we still have a big digital divide. But beyond even data, we had to, the most basic digital literacy, we had to start training. training. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. so there are quite a number of opportunities and others rather that we have to surmount and cross to reach this kind of young people. We call them opportunity youths, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, some people cl- classify opportunity youths as those who are not necessarily earning or in any learning institution, right? Who are just outside the regular formalized systems, right? Mm-hmm. So we, they are, they, they, you will ultimately have to do a, a bit of hybrid. So one of the things that we want to do um, in Lip Africa is we want to have clusters. So we are, we are having conversations with some partners. We want to have centers closer to these communities. Yes. Right? Because mm-hmm. you can't provide devices for everybody, right? Exactly. Neither can you give data stipends to everybody. But if we have clusters in some youth centers or some public schools where we have devices there and we have free internet there, and we have the resources pre-installed and all of that, and then it's closer home and they can make use of those. We feel that that would be a good way to give a lot of access to young people, to you know, access the training, the, the learning and development opportunities, the job opportunities, even the remote work. They might be able to come there to do. So I think data, internet, digital is now, we, we see digital literacy as a life skill now in Leap Africa. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's actually where we are in, in the in the fourth industrial revolution. Digital literacy it's not a luxury. It's actually you need it. A necessity. Right? Exactly. A necessity. So we need we we realize that even much more. And we realize that we have to actually, if we're still doing leadership program, we have to bring digital literacy into it one way or the other because it's a life skill. I mean, we're, right. our job is leadership and life skills. So we, we brought leadership um, digital as part of the life the life skill, at least basic digital literacy. It's part mm-hmm. of the life skills mm-hmm. that young people have to develop. Mm-hmm. Because with that, the opportunities are enormous. A digitally literate youth has the agency to explore any opportunity and do anything. Exactly, exactly. And and the more they know, the more they actually demand it, right? Yeah. So a lot of a lot of the service gaps that we see where there's not internet or not services because there isn't a demand because there is not that knowledge to actually know how or want to use it. So exactly. I really like the idea of the clusters. You know, my work is also, and I think COVID taught us so much. And I, I, you know, we had already known this is that as much as we love the idea of mobile phones and tablets, et cetera, et cetera, the masses, 
most people in Africa are on the ground without constant electricity, without constant data. And so we have to go to them. So we need to create these agents, which are your your youth. You know, and that is exactly the model that will transform Africa. So if we have youth that are able to be trained and then be those centers of, you know, going to a church, going to a room, sitting under a tree and teaching mm-hmm. others exactly, okay, this is what this device is. This is how you use it. And and steering them a little bit away. And I said I said that about social media because you're competing with with agency to build yourself through volunteerism and, and creating talent and understand your talent mm-hmm. and the the culture of influencers, right? Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. these children are watching influencers who actually typically don't have a talent, you know, all they're doing is looking good. So mm-hmm. it's creating this value system where to get somewhere fast, you do what these influencers are doing. To get somewhere sustainable, you have to build and really understand who you are to be mm-hmm. able to then, you know, maintain and be that other. So it's like we're valuing what I'm hoping that we can do and with organizations like yours is to revalue celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. I like one of the things you said, you know, you used you beyond schools. And I agree with you that we actually need more youth centers. Mm-hmm. It's not something we have. I mean, I went, I went for a photo shoot yesterday and I saw in that area, I saw that there was a youth center and I was like, Ooh, we need more. There's a more local government, but mm-hmm. we, we have to recognize that, Engaging young people, empowering young people, need, we need space, not just digital spaces. We need physical spaces across mm-hmm. communities, across. And so, but guess what? The, the infrastructural deficit of creating these spaces is huge. We can start building new centers everywhere and doing all of that. But we have to leverage existing dormant centers. And you mentioned faith-based organizations, churches. That's something we have in abundance in Africa Right. Exactly. And we Mm -hmm. ultimately have to get those things working for good. And part of Mm -hmm. the big mindset I really want to work to change in the next six months to a year is to help faith based organizations understand that they have they have a, you know, the scenes church is CSR. Honestly, that's where I say it. Right. You have a social mission. Yes. You might have a religious kingdom, you know, mission, you know, a ministry vision, whether it's a Muslim faith or Christian faith. But you have a responsibility to make society better. And then you have to, you yourself have to use your own time, your own thoughts, your own talents, your own treasures and your own tools to make society better. Mm-hmm. And here we are, we have a lot of real estate investments owned by faith-based organizations that exactly. are used once or twice a week that are dominant mm-hmm. and, and underutilized for the rest of the week. And we, we, have to, we have to do much more. And we, the, the, the funniest thing is that the brand of faith in Africa has not really, I mean, I know, I know, I mean, I know that a lot of organizations, faith-based organizations are doing a bit of humanitarian and a bit of um, social enterprise and, you know, but it's scratching the surface. Exactly. Compared to what can be done, compared exactly. to what they're capable of doing. It's an afterthought. Mm-hmm. There's not a core part of their strategy. They have to see it as a core part. Mm-hmm. And helping to helping to realize that shift is a top is a top model. I really don't know how we're gonna do that, but I believe if we can make that happen, that that can be quite transformative. And I think your youth army, I'm gonna call them an army. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really it's really them now making that because I think people have been making the case for churches to be more active across the, the world, right? And so 
you know, being more with more programs. I mean, I think the Catholic Church has been known to be very, you know, active in, in doing youth whatever programs beyond just the the day to day in some other churches. But I think young people who are increasingly disillusioned with church can now, if they can find a way to then use these institutions as their new home, you know, knowing that there's something in there for them. Because what they what they do know is that church is asking them for money and then just preaching that what they feel is inherently themselves is bad. That's when when I talk to young people, that's what I hear. Like mm-hmm. be, me being a youth, me being wanting to be social, me wanting to express myself, a lot of that is looked down upon from the church. So I think the church needs to reevaluate how they interact, as you're saying, with young people and bring them back in. I agree. I agree. Because I agree. they won't survive otherwise, because yeah. more and more young people are not going to church. Yeah. This yeah. is what I've, I've observed. Yes. And, and honestly, what you're saying speaks to the fact that Young people want to be engaged. And if we don't find mm-hmm. values-driven way of engaging them, vices will engage them. That's mm-hmm. the truth. If we don't exactly. build centers where they can learn digital skills and see the possibilities of digital skills from the positive light, they would, they would give in to the semi-formal and informal apprenticeship system of fr- internet froster. Because many of those young people that end up becoming internet froster, frosters mm-hmm. had to learn, had to be, develop digital literacy in those smaller communities, negative communities to be able to do that sustainably right so they have exactly. to develop skills and all but so we need more clusters we need we need more we yeah. need more of those things yeah 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 absolutely absolutely speaking of let's talk about mindset <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about your mindset hack how do you hack your mind so what is your favorite or an innovative mindset hack now this is one that you practice one that you know of or one that you can imagine visualization definitely visualization mm. yeah mm. so i'm a visual person yeah. i'm a visual learner mm-hmm. so for me i believe this i i know definitely that the soft copy precedes the, the art copy of anything i want to accomplish or anything i want mm-hmm. to achieve so i embrace the soft copy as real as the art copy so i any project any program any funding any dream any aspiration i really really dream live in the future tense i i win in my mind i visualize success i experience success i have a taste of it I leave it, then I just start 3D printing it with my actions and with my, my, my efforts, right? So for me, a big one is, so if I want to change my mood, visualization, 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 that's one. Yeah. Um, number two is you can never get too much positivity. So I, I love to find a way to inject, my, inject positivity into my mind. So whether it's the right podcasts, whether it's the right music, um, listening to the right people, you know, spend time with with friends, but basically just making sure that I, I constantly feed myself, you know, with, with um, it's garbage in, garbage out, basically. So the, if I can yeah. feed my mind with the right things, I would definitely have right, the right things to process in my mind and I would produce the right things, right? So that those are the two biggest things for me. Visualization, I, I have a, a, vis- a vision board app on my phone. Um, I get push notifications around different things. I use the walls around me to put the right pictures, put the right images. Yeah. But it won't be on those physical expressions of it. It's really living in my mind and really, <laughs> you know, I, I do it as I utilize this even in the most simplest things. I can daydream about my, my the meal I will eat at night and be very descriptive yes. about how I will present it, uh, how, you know, what all the details. And for me then, mm-hmm. and I produce that. So if I do that with a meal, I can do that with a funding opportunity. Mm-hmm. I can do that with mm-hmm. a scholarship opportunity or with 
the pursuit of a new partner and all of that. So, so it's, it's more. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I, I love how you said then you 3D print it and it becomes real because that is the whole idea of innovation. That yeah, is exactly yeah. the crux of it. So, so I like that. Yeah, I'm a, I do that too. I'm a visualizer. So, yeah. and it typically, as you said, when it purely materializes in my mind, then I'm like, yes. That's that's exactly the path. That's where that's the way that I'm going. That's the way we're gonna we're gonna proceed. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Where where does Femi see himself? And whether that's with Leap or not with Leap, but where do you see yourself? And also where do you see Leap in the next five years? Yeah, so let me start with Leap. Leap Leap is um, is at a very interesting junction because this year we're gonna be twenty, like I said, and yeah. We're revising our strategy um, this year and our approach this year and trying to even raise more resources. We've had a bit of extra capital um, investments in the last couple of weeks, a lot of interest and attention locally and regionally and internationally. So many of the dreams we had, we're having more resources to do them, even nice. in this at this phase of our life. So I see I see Leap being, you know, we had a retreat with the team two weeks ago and at the core of our strategy, which we are revising and just fine-tuning and making better, we, we have this ETA strategy, which is the backbone of our work. We want to be an ecosystem builder. So we want to, so ecosystem building, the T, thought leader, thought leader and the A, advocate. So we, we are still going to continue with that ETA strategy, but we're going to define the how, you know, and be more intentional and ambitious with how we do that. So when I think about our role in the ecosystem in Africa, in the youth development ecosystem in Africa, I see us as a catalyst, right? So mm-hmm. I see Lib mm-hmm. playing more than ever before a catalyst role in, in the youth development ecosystem. So whether it's catalyzing change in the ecosystem through knowledge production and thought leadership. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we see it from the lens of various Cs, capacity building in the ecosystem, building capacity of, mm-hmm. of other youth organizations, other youth mm-hmm. enablers. So capacity building is one. The ecosystem is quite fragmented. So connection, connecting the ecosystem, mm-hmm another Mm -hmm. we want to bring more capital into the ecosystem especially in nigeria uh, where quite a number so we we have this big brand this good brand that many people are willing to identify with and work with and then we can attract a lot of resource and then so we we see ourselves more in the next couple of years subgranting so if that's already happening this year this year we are going to be subgranting almost a million dollars you know um, within the next one year so that's this year into next year so That's quite new for us. So in the ecosystem, we, are, we want to attract, make case for more resources. And many times these resources, they don't want to give it to smaller organizations. They want to give it to trustworthy organizations and all that. So exactly. we're leveraging, leveraging mm-hmm. the influence we have to attract more resources and empower many more youth enablers to reach more young yeah. people and to solve the problem. So you will see us being a catalyst for young people big catalyst, mm-hmm. you know, and in the first 20 years, LIP was actually quite, we were more about do the quality work and not talk too much about the work. Mm-hmm. That was, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. you know, that, that was actually, it was not, it was not documented, but that was our default mode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you will see us, you will find us making noise in the next five years, but you'll find us actually, because we have to tell our story more and we have to use storytelling to really drive behavior right mental mentality of the change the change in mentality that we seek the change in culture and all of that so you see us doing much more um find, using creative ways to to share what works you know and yeah. and, and to to catalyze change basically so that's that's on the leap side so you see us doing more of catalyzing things in the ecosystem being a catalyst whether by helping people to develop their capacity providing the capital 
connecting the different actors and players and making key playing key advocacy roles. So one of the things we're doing is we're launching a leadership institute, or we've launched the virtual virtual side, but we're we, we're going to start building the physical structure on the, the Lekki axis. So it's a Pan African leadership institute, oh, nice. center, and all of that. Wonderful. So you, there's a lot of that coming alive more and more and more. So that's on the leap side. Is most of your funding and support coming from Africa, or is it coming from multinationals? Are you are you can you say that you're definitely attracting Pan African funding resources? So uh, unfortunately, not at the moment. I would. Mm. I, that's where we want to get to. Actually, yeah. that's part of quite a number of the meetings we have planned for this year with the organized private sector, HNIs, and the likes. We want to help to tap into and help to even bring Africa philanthropy alive more. Right. Unfortunately, yeah. what you find is that honestly, a lot of the development dollars driving change on the continent is coming from outside the continent. Yes. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. now many of these organizations might now have local offices on the continent, but they're still foreign organizations. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, that's the unfortunate truth. But there's a lot of resources in the continent to change the continent. And exactly. there's a lot of resources with dias- those in diaspora, you know, to transform the continent. And so mm-hmm. we, we have to, that's one thing we have to do more of as an organization and even as an ecosystem, you know, to mm-hmm. help young people. So now we're having more, more, a lot of the young people right now, you know, we have more unicorns, more, a lot of young people are building wealth and growing wealth. Yes. And there's a lot of yeah. um, financial literacy awareness amongst even the, the, the young people in Nigeria, across Africa, and even those in diaspora. But we yeah. need to also help them to understand and find formal way to give back. Right. Because we right. can do much more if a million young people give consistently versus just periodically, more can be done. Mm-hmm. So we need to we need to find we need to help this new generation of millionaires and um, new generation of wealth builders to realize that they don't have to wait till they are in their fifties to float a foundation. And they don't even have to float a foundation, but they can find the courses that and, and the organizations they believe in. You know, and yeah. find ways to give back, you know, right. uh, systematically into initiatives that they believe in and do that consistently, you know, no matter, exactly. and then scale that up and grow that up, you know, as, as their income grows. But we need, we need yeah. that even for the average middle class, young Africans, yes. right? Exactly. So, mm-hmm. so your money is not just going to your church and your mosque, and boys, you also have, as part of your giving plan, some courses that you believe in. And, you know, we mm-hmm. really, really, you know, I, I, I keep saying this. It's unfortunate that the third sector has an underdeveloped, uh, the, the, sorry, the third world countries have an underdeveloped third sector. It's, I mean, yes. here we are with, we have quite a number of third world countries, but our third sector is actually not fulfilling its potential. Exactly. I mean, it's not. It's not, right? So there, there are a lot of opportunities in the social sector, and we can we can tap into that. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. Deep Africa, we we are still like I would say, we actually there was a time that we used to have close to thirty to forty percent of our income from Nigerian corporates and the like, but that has shifted, and so we're trying to really do much more, not for ourselves, but even do much more. Like I said, advocacy to bring yeah. more resources into the ecosystem, you know, right. and from organized private sector. And for them not to not see CSR or as a, as an afterthought, you know, and, and, and exactly, yeah. Exactly. So that's that's for Leap Africa. For me, mm-hmm. my that phrase facilitating transformation of individuals, organizations, and nations is my life mission. I, I might not be able to answer specifically what I will be doing or what sure. you can what you of can course. what you can be sure of is this: that within the next five years, um, by God's grace, you will find me still facilitating transformation of individuals, organizations, and nations. 
in bigger mm-hmm. ways, right? In bigger mm-hmm. ways, right? So whether it's by sitting on boards and making big decisions, building wealth, I, I actually want to do more. You know, I've, I've, done, I've worked more than a decade in the development sector. I left the private sector. And more and more, as much as I believe, and I know that we are still scratching the first surface in, in the indigenous yeah. third sector, development sector in Nigeria yeah. and Africa, I still believe a sustainable way to drive the change that we seek is mm-hmm. through enterprise. Mm-hmm. The private sector has a lot of parts to So on one hand, I see the I see the potential of all the sectors doing more. And I want to be part of unlocking that, that potential. So I see that the private sector can do more in driving the transformation of Africa. I see that, of, obviously, the public sector, the government, that's they are meant to be their full-time occupation and job, right? But, you know, they can do more, you know, um, and, of course, the third sector. So I see myself, I, I can't say specifically because the, the opportunities are enormous and the possibilities are just everywhere there. But you'll find me doing, making, helping to facilitate the transformation of, of, of the continent at you know, bigger rooms, bigger spaces, bigger decisions, bigger budgets, and the likes. That's what that's. that's I can see it. I can see it. I can. I can see it. Like I'm just. I'm. I just. I can feel the energy, and I can see the wheels turning. So I'm <laughs> really happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I thank you so much for for all the time you've given. I'd love to have you back to talk more about solutionscaping because that is something that is so near and dear to me, particularly in this youth space and the education space. Before that, I want to ask you, who are you? You kind of started to hint at it. Who are you when you're not leading youth and developing programs and being a strategist? Are you a reader? Are you a watcher? Or are you a listener? And what are some of your favorite reads, watches, or listens? So I, I like this question. One of the one part I, I typically don't answer is the favorite part. I basically explore, right? Mm-hmm. But in line with being a visual person, I watch, right? Mm-hmm. So when I'm not working or doing any of those things, and those things typically take a lot of time because even in my trying mm-hmm. to chill out with friends, they're trying to pick my brain or trying to make me strategize mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I do watch a lot. I, I love watching movies and series. So you find me, my Netflix is on, is always on, you know, the subscription is never, never failing on Amazon Prime. So it's always sure. on, right? So, sure. and because I, I appreciate diversity and, and so I, I can watch all genres. I can, I can, I basically watch everything, right? Okay. I literally would go there, scan through it and find what works for me, right? But some of my favorites would be crime and legal series. Mm-hmm. So that's one. What am I watching right now? That's a good question. I'm watching exactly. the tour of Bridgington. I get bored quite easily. So I can be watching 10 things at the same time. That's that's why I said yeah. I don't have favorites, right? Right. So I'm actually, as we're speaking right now, I'm going to my Netflix on my phone <laughs> and okay. then I can call out. Another thing I do is I actually sometimes, I can watch something and the next day I've forgotten the title of what I watched. Yeah, because me too. For me, it's about just distressing and enjoying the moment and not necessarily, yeah. yeah. So what am I watching right now? So like I said, I'm watching Bridgington. I'm watching Unauthorized Living. I realized that yeah, uh, it's it's okay. a crime um, family that that wanted to transition out of drugs and clean his business, but of course a lot of others to cross. So there are a lot of others, um, foreign, Spanish, Mexicans, yeah. and you know that. Yeah. So on my screen, I in the last week I've been watching a bit of Unauthorized Living, White Princess, Bridgerton, Friends. Um, okay. And I, I I like watching documentaries too. So yeah. I'm presently watching the John Wayne Gacy tapes. It's it's about, oh, um, yeah, yeah. So, but I think my all time favorite is things that have to do with things that kind of ignite the change agent in me. So, I, I mean, 
as even though Queen and Slim, I don't even know Queen and Slim, the movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm watching that again um, today, actually. I'm, I'm going to finish that today. Even though it's not necessarily mm-hmm. a real-life story, but just seeing all the injustice, and you know, anything that just mm-hmm. speaks about the injustice that the world has experienced or the world is experiencing, you know, it's one of the things that gets me, I relax, but I also get energized, you know, learning and, mm-hmm. and coming out of that system. So for me, it's that diversity. Podcasts, I, I love Jesse Maxwell because I work, I work in leadership. So I, mm-hmm. I Jesse mm-hmm. Maxwell, I, I'm a fan yeah. of Jesse Maxwell anytime, any day. Um, I'm a fan of Miles Monroe. So I, that's one thing you constantly find me coming back to, uh, Miles Monroe mm-hmm. videos and podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and of course, how, how to build this. And I said what I said. That's a Nigerian podcast, one of the leading podcasts. I'm sure you know that. Um, okay. Yeah, 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 I said what I said. Oh. And so I, I basically just listen across board. Um, okay. Yeah. Nice. And I love taking a walk. How I relax is I'm considering investing in a beach, in a beach resort because I I just realized I love going to the beach. So this year I've gone to the beach much more than any other, as in if I could calculate all the times I've gone to the beach in my lifetime, I've definitely gone to the beach more times in the last four months this year compared to oh, my, wow. yeah. Um, so yeah. I live, I live on the island. So I live close to the beach. Right. So sure. 10 minutes drive in where, whatever direction I can access a beach. So that I found yeah. this private beach resort and they basically know that I'm literally a stakeholder now. <laughs> right. It's like, I'm so, coming. I don't know what you say, but I'm I, coming. I would try to walk on the beach once a week now. So I go there and carry my laptop and chill there. But I, I'm typically there. I love the sound of the waves, the ocean. Yeah. Listening to podcasts, yeah. watching my Netflix on the beach, you know, relaxing yeah. the, the breeze. So that's that's how I relax now. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I'm a beach girl too. Like most definitely, <laughs> Femi. This has been so wonderful. Any last words that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I think one thing that COVID, the whole pandemic, taught us is that, you know, or reminded us of, is the fact that life is fleeting, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's it's. So I would say what one of the things I tell people is, dream bold, dream aloud, dear bold. You have nothing to lose because you're going to lose your life anyway, <laughs> right? So, yeah, like, give yeah. expression, give expression to all your talents, all your gifts, all the possibilities nudging within you and lurking within you. Just give expression to it, you know, and do it bigger, do it better. That's 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 what you have to do. And for the young people out there, be youthful and be useful, basically. So that's a mantra. Useful yes, and useful. yes. youthful and useful I love it that's wonderful that's wonderful Femi this has been wonderful and listeners this has been another episode of the podcast you can catch us each and every Tuesday with new episodes at glocalcitizenspod.com or wherever you get your podcast please write a review share with your friends it helps other people find good content so (laughs) until next time bye for now